Well, are there any football fans out there? <laughs> Who's your favorite team? I know in our household, uh, the only answer to that is the uh, Seattle Seahawks um, because of my wife. <laughs> uh, but who's your favorite football team? It's amazing that, you know, by this time, some of you are feeling good about your team. The others are like thinking, I can't wait till next year. <laughs> but a lot of us might be like, well, I don't quite know how this year is going to turn out. It's amazing, though, when you're watching the games, whether it's Monday Night Football, or there's like football all the time now almost. And it's amazing because when the QB all of a sudden is on, it's like, wow, he is on fire. The team is almost unstoppable. <laughs> I remember growing up playing baseball, and if a pitcher was on fire, that pitcher, it was going to be hard to beat that team. Now, it's one thing in sports to be on fire, but what about our walk with God? Would people look at your life and be like, they're on fire for God <laughs> or not? I even wonder with myself, do we look at it like we look at people who they just get saved and like, oh, they're on fire. <laughs> they just got saved. They, they finally discovered a relationship with Jesus. But why does it have to be when you just get saved? It doesn't. It can actually be every day of our life on this journey with Jesus. And so today we're talking about on fire. As we jump back into the book of Daniel, we're in chapter 3. And King Nebuchadnezzar has built a large golden image. <laughs> large golden image. <laughs> like, I'm a big deal. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Even in our culture today, how image is so important. Look at what people post on social media. <laughs> Look at how it's like everyone's trying to like floss and everyone's trying to show off. And it's like, it, it's, that's, it was that way when I was young. It's um, amazing because the world wants us to think image is important. But with following God, integrity is what matters. So King Nebuchadnezzar had built this large golden image. And if you remember, he, he had this dream where his kingdom represented the head made of gold. And it was announced, it was declared to all the people that when the music plays, bow down and worship the image. When you hear the music, when I was in high school, as a sophomore, one of my friends had just got his license. I hadn't got my license just yet. I hadn't turned 16. And he got a, he got a Honda Civic hatchback. And he took out the back seats and he put some subs in. It was massive. Like the whole car would shake. It was right when Dr. Dre's The Chronic had, ju had just come out. So we would get into his car at lunch and head out. And it's like, not only would his car shake, but everything around it as he was busting the chronic. <laughs> A few years later, West Side Connection, bow down. <laughs> when the music plays, bow down. Now, now, worship in this chapter is used at least 11 times. Uh, when, when the music plays, bow down. Culture will play its music and want us to bow down and worship. 
whether it's the whole issue of, of sexuality and all that's being addressed by culture. When culture plays its music, bow down. What about when, when culture plays its music and starts talking about critical theory? Bow, bow, bow down. <laughs> it's amazing because when the music plays, like music can stir emotion. I remember going to going to concerts and it's like all of a sudden you're 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 in this concert it's just you but but you feel connected to everyone else. I, I would often be in the mosh pit with my steel toe Doc Martens whether it be uh listening at a rage against the machine concert, Beastie Boys, Smashing Pumpkins, <laughs> recently with Lindsay Guns N' Roses. I was not in the mosh pit at that concert. <laughs> but it's like all different kinds of of concerts and it's like you feel caught up in the moment, music has been used throughout history. Music is even used in movies. You're watching a movie and it, the the background music or or the soundtrack, it just, it does something to the inside of you. Music is used at important events, including ceremonies. At Lindsay and I, when we got married, at, at our wedding, we used music. When Lindsay walked down the aisle, it wasn't the traditional song. It's a song by Etta James. At last, my love has come along. What does it go like? My lonely days are over and life is, is like a song. It's amazing how music will stir us. Music has the, the ability to even turn free people into almost into like mere puppets. When, when it comes to worship, worship is either a wonderful weapon from God or it's a destructive weight from the enemy. Let me say that again. When it comes to worship, it is either a wonderful weapon from God or it is a destructive weight from the enemy. <laughs> so it was announced when you hear the music play, bow down and worship. Well, what if I don't? <laughs> You'll be immediately thrown into the fire. The, there's no trial. You can't go to a court of appeals. I remember a show back in the day <laughs> called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? You're like, me? <laughs> Who wants to be a millionaire? And Regis would, would look at the contestant after they would answer and say, is that your final answer. <laughs> this is like a, a final decision. Before it was, tell me my dream or you're going to die. And now it's bow or burn. Isn't it amazing how, how this king is using fear and intimidation? Isn't it amazing how rulers like to use fear and intimidation? Isn't it amazing how even today, presidents and rulers of nations like to use fear and intimidation to get us to do certain things, whether it comes to, to, to medicine and all the decisions that need to be made in that realm, whether it's issues like gun control or whether it's issues like uh, we could start mentioning all the different issues that come into with our education <laughs> and with the border. It's like, wait, hold on. Is it 
Is it the healthiest to use fear and intimidation? I think as followers of Jesus, we can use faith and inspiration, that people are making decisions because they know it's the good thing to do, because they know it's the right thing to do versus just being afraid. (laughs) So the music played. (laughs) And what did people do? They bowed down and they worshiped. Well, why would they do that? Because that's what they were used to doing anyway. Not only were they probably afraid and intimidated, but that was just part of their culture. They had all different kinds of gods, all different kinds of things that that they worshiped. In other words, it was normal. In our culture today, there are a lot of things that are normal. But just because it's normal in culture doesn't mean that's what we're supposed to do as children of God. You you see, I think there's some things possibly that maybe you've been bowing to. Maybe not, but have you been bowing to anything because culture wants you to, because it, it seems normal? You might even answer, well, well, if I don't bow and worship, I might lose my job. Well, if I don't bow and worship, I might get canceled. <laughs> my survival depends on it. So I wonder if we're, if we're bending and, and bowing to all the things that culture wants us to do, to all the, all the different narratives that, that are being pushed by, by the media. And we have excuses. Maybe we're even like, well, it, I'm better off, better off alive than dead. I can do more for God alive. <laughs> Back then, you might think, well, I can do more for God if I, if I actually have a job and, and if I have an income. I, I, I can do more for God if people don't think I'm, I'm a hater. <laughs> it's like, wait, hold on. Are we going to stand for God or are we going to bow to culture? I'm speaking to someone right now who's facing that decision. Do I stand for God or or do I bow to culture? I want you to know true faith doesn't compromise with challenges. True faith confronts challenges and you can live your life on fire. So there were some tattletales that came along and said, wait, hold on, there's these foreigners who don't bow and worship. There's these foreigners who pay no attention to you, King. <laughs> there's no, there's these foreigners who, they don't even respect you. Now, now it must have been hard for them because these foreigners were promoted over the Babylonians. And I wonder if someone has made it their life's journey, <laughs> their goal to bring you down. It's not just their goal for them to rise up in the company. They want to get you fired. It's not just their goal for them to succeed in life. They want to see you fail. Maybe they can't handle your success. (laughs) With Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had been successful. And yet you get these other individuals who are like, they're not they're not bowing and worshiping. Now, if these individuals were really bowing and worshiping, how would they have noticed that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't? <laughs> Anyone think about that? It's like when kids come and they, they, they want to become a, a, a tattletale on their sibling. And it's like, they were doing this, they were doing, well, what were you doing? Nothing. 
It's like, well, how would you even notice if you were doing what you were supposed to be doing? And the king was furious, filled with rage at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, we don't know the time. How long was it between Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 3? We don't know. But what we do know is it was a roller coaster of a few chapters. (laughs) Is anyone, is that your life right now? You're like, I feel like my life is a roller coaster with ups and downs and twists and turns, and I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going to come next. Uh, I found that the older I get, the harder time I have on roller coasters. Like things that I used to be able to handle easy, I'll go on a roller coaster now and I'll get a headache. I'll feel sick. And don't even talk about any of those spinning rides, like the teacups or whatever. I'm like, I will... I will lose my dinner. I will lose whatever food I just ate. It's amazing because like a roller coaster up and down and twists and turns and and, and yet life is like that. Even progress is like that. Sometimes we think progress is just a continual climb, is we just go up and up and up and up, but that's not what that's not how progress is. Oftentimes, it's like two steps forward, one step back. We climb a little bit, and then we descend a little bit, and and then we climb a, a little bit. And we find here that the same person, King Nebuchadnezzar, the same one who promoted them, is now going to persecute them. As followers of Jesus, we find that. The same people who, who are promoting us one day are persecuting us the next. Wait, hold, hold on. I thought I found favor with this person. I thought that they like me, and now, now they're acting this way? And gave them another opportunity. Hey, listen, guys, bow and worship, or you're going to die. <laughs> he says, then who will be able to rescue you from my hand? Wait, wh- who's going to be able to rescue you? <laughs> they could have been like the same God that rescued us when you were threatening to kill us based upon your dream and not telling what your dream was and, and what it means. That's why we need to remember because sometimes we face situations now and we forget that the same God who, listen, the same God who restored your marriage can restore your finances. The same God listen, who delivered you from that addiction can put you onto the pathway of purpose and destiny in that career. The same God that saved you then is the same God that can save you right now, and you can live your life on fire for God. Verse 16 in Daniel chapter 3, King Nebuchadnezzar, this is their response when they're facing the threats, when they're facing death. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Isn't it amazing that as followers of Jesus, we're called to go and make disciples? This is is our commission, to go and make disciples. Yet some of us in the culture today have just stopped. We're just standing and defending our position. 
We're supposed to go and advance the kingdom of God, and we're just, we're, we're just trying to defend where we're at. What if you stop defending your position and start advancing God's purpose? It's football season, <laughs> as I talked about just a few moments ago, and there's some teams that their defense is amazing. Like, you know when you play them, it's going to be hard to put points on the board. But if they don't have any kind of offense, <laughs> it's like, hold on, how are you going to win the game if you don't put points on the board? As followers of Jesus, we're called to advance the kingdom. We're called to shine the light, the great light that only comes from God. We're, we're here to, to declare the goodness of God. We're here <laughs> to show God's love and to show God's grace and to see people saved, to see people restored, to see people step from hopelessness into hope. <laughs> I love it because here they're saying, listen, listen, King, the God we serve. In our American culture, especially today, I think we get this backwards, and we think it's the God who serves us. <laughs> and it's like, God, if you save me, if you serve me, then I'll serve you. <laughs> it's like, wait, hold on? If then? And you might be thinking, I don't have the strength right now to serve other people. My life isn't stable enough to serve other people. Here's the thing about serving. When you're serving God, and you're serving God by also serving other people, it actually stabilizes your life. Some of the most stable people I know are those who are living open-handed, serving other people. Not only does it stabilize your life, but it strengthens your life. Some people think, I'll serve when I get to a certain point, but it's actually in the process of serving, in the process of helping, in the process <laughs> of living open-handed that we become stronger. Some of us right now are, are even unsure, can God deliver us? Can God deliver me? I love this here because it's like, no, God can. Some of us are like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, but I'm not too sure. I think so, but, but, but sometimes I, I think not. Listen, God is able. He's able to restore that relationship. He's able to redeem your pain. God is able to do, he, he can do anything and God can reach anyone. I want you to know strong faith is not detoured by threats. Strong faith is not impressed by crowds and strong faith is not swayed by culture. Verse 18 though says, that here's what they say, but even if Oh, someone needs to get this into their core today. Even if he does not, we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Isn't it amazing how conditional our commitment is today? There are people who get married and they stand on an altar. And I remember because when Lindsay and I got married, which is how I think marriages should, you should when you give the vows, as long as we both shall live. But there are some vows where people want to end with, as long as we both shall love. 
<laughs> it's like you may not even make it through the wedding. <laughs> you may not even make it through the honeymoon. <laughs> You're not like, be, be, because most people think that it's just love as a feeling. Uh, so many people now, it's like, I'm going to work at this company as long as they value me, as long as I want to. Now, now that's one thing about you working at that company, but there's some people who have that be their commitment to God. I'm going to follow God as long as my life is good. Then you're not really following God. You're following good. <laughs> it's like, are you going to follow God or are you just going to follow what you think is good? Or are you going to be like, even if? Because following God at your core means even if, even if I lose my job, I'm going to keep following God. Even if my family gets evicted from our house, I'm going to keep following God. Even if, even if, even if my mom doesn't get healed of cancer, I'm going to keep following God. <laughs> even if, even if my marriage doesn't make it, I'm going to keep following God. There is a difference between believing in God and bargaining with God. <laughs> There's a lot of people who are bargaining with God. It's like, are you going to obey regardless of the results? Or are you only going to obey because of rewards? Like, God's not going to just, it's like, oh, I always got to reward you to keep following me? No, it's like saying, God, I am all in. I have abandoned the option to quit. Here's the thing is that I can't guarantee that you'll be delivered from the furnace you're facing, from the fire you're facing. I can't, I, I, I can't guarantee I will. I'm not God. I can't. So someone comes to me and says, can you pray? Can you pray that, that, that my family, that this is not going to happen? I was like, I'll pray, but I can't guarantee that. I, I, I can't. But, but what I can guarantee for me personally is that I'm not going to compromise that's a guarantee that you can make. Hey, I can't guarantee I'm going to avoid the fire. I can't guarantee I'm going to avoid this, but I can guarantee I'm not, I'm not going to compromise. And for me, I would rather live courageously, or I, let me say it this way. I would rather live and die courageously than live and keep living as a coward. I would rather die living for God, standing for God, then just keep living, bowing to culture. Here's the thing. Faith is, faith is not obeying in spite of the evidence. <laughs> faith is obeying in spite of the consequence. And when you're living like that, you're living on fire for God. King Nebuchadnezzar was furious. He did, he did not like their answer, and his attitude towards them changed. Have you had anyone and their attitude towards you has changed? You're like, yeah, my, my boss, my spouse, my kids. They, they used to like me. And once again, King Nebuchadnezzar is in a fit of anger. I find this amazing that this great king who, who conquered nations— who, who conquered lands, could not conquer and control what was inside of him. Oh, he could conquer what was in front of him, but not what was inside of him. I see that in a lot of people today. 
That's why you, you see these great CEOs of companies that, that, that they build these amazing companies, but, but they end up collapsing their lives be, because of an addiction. They conquered the opportunities in front of them, but they could not conquer that addiction on the inside of them. You even see that in pastors. People wonder why, how? They, they built this amazing ministry and so many people were, were, were impacted by their life and, and yet you see them fall morally be, because they were conquering what was in front of them but, but not what was on the inside of them. It, it, it's important that we don't just focus on what's in front of us but that we focus on what is inside of us. <laughs> and here you have this king who's saying, turn it up, make it seven times hotter. It's his way of like, he's saying like, make this thing as hot as you can make it. Are you facing a situation? You're like, yeah, this is like the heat has been turned up. The heat's been turned up in my marriage right now. It, it, it's, <laughs> the, the heat has been turned up in my workplace. The, the heat has been, has been turned up in my life financially. <laughs> and the heat was turned up not because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego has, had failed. The heat was turned up because they were faithful. Sometimes we, we look at what's going on and we're like, what am I doing wrong? Well, what if it's not because of what you're doing wrong? What if it's because of what you're doing right? You, you didn't fail. You were faithful. <laughs> it's amazing that the guards who are going to throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire were actually killed. Sometimes we're, we're looking at other people who are fallen and other people who got that doctor's report and other people who, who went through that situation with their kid. And listen, just because others didn't survive that doesn't mean you're not going to survive. You can survive that doctor's report. You can, you can survive all those years of abuse. Uh, here's what I'm saying. What takes others out, God can actually use to take you forward. If we can make up in our minds, I'm going to live on fire for God. King Nebuchadnezzar, it says, they'd been thrown into the fire. And in verse 24, King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement. Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, oh, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the sun of the gods. Here's the thing. They are in the fire, but they're not on fire. Ooh, you, you can be in fire, in a situation, but not have the situation be in you. You could be in a dysfunctional family, but not be dysfunctional yourself. You, you can be in a toxic workplace, but not become toxic yourself. <laughs> I love going on walks. But part of it is just, it's just my time with God, I, especially if it's in nature. I just, I love walking and, and here they are, they're, they're in the fire and they're walking. And you need to know that when you're walking with God, you can walk through any fire. <laughs> you're like, you can throw me in the fire, but you can't keep God out. He's the fourth man. Lindsay is convinced she's the 12th woman. Now, I have to clarify, not the 12th woman for me. <laughs> As the Seattle Seahawks, all their fans think they're the 12th man, <laughs> the, the fan in the stands. That's why Lindsay's like, I'm the 12th woman, like, because they're the, they're the 12th, per, 11, 11 players on the field, but the 12th is in the stand. I'm so glad that, that the fourth man is not in the stands 
The fourth man is on the field. The, the fourth man is in the fire with us. It's amazing. They're walking around unbound. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. They were tied up when they were thrown in. The only thing the fire destroyed was the rope that bound them. The only thing that the fire you're going through, the only thing it's going to destroy is your anxiety. The only thing the fire you're going through right now is going to destroy is your insecurity. The only thing the fire is going to destroy is your depression. I'm so grateful that that God, <laughs> he's not up above watching us. He is with us in the midst of what we're going through. That's why we can be in the fire. We're not on fire. Oh, wait, hold on. We're on fire for God. <laughs> Verse 26, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Come out, King Nebuchadnezzar declared. The same person who called them in is calling them out. <laughs> In and out, in and out. That's what a hamburger is all about. Isn't this amazing, though, that King Nebuchadnezzar, he doesn't call the fourth man out. He's like, I'm not calling, I'm not calling that one out. But I want it right now. Listen, I want you to know you're being called out. Called out of that fire. Called out of that addiction. Called out of that financial struggle. Called out of that depression. Called out of that storm. And when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out, their bodies were unharmed. The, their robes were not even scorched. Their hair was not singed. And guess what? They, they didn't even smell like fire. <laughs> I, I've been barbecuing recently. And every time I barbecue... It's like, I just, I smell like whatever it was that I was barbecuing. And guess what? They didn't even smell the miracle. It's not just that they made it through. The miracle is how they made it through. The miracle isn't just that you're going to get out of this. The miracle is how God's bringing you out of this. There's going to be no evidence. No evidence. I know you faced a traumatic event. I know the abuse was serious. But when people look at your lives, they're going to be like, your life, there's no evidence. You're not bitter. You're not dysfunctional. You're not living hopeless. You don't look like you've been through what you've been through. Come on, you know people, you look at them and you're like, They've had a tough life. You can just tell by looking at them. But when you're following God and you're on fire, it's like we've been through some stuff, but we don't, we don't look like we've been through what we've been through. And King Nebuchadnezzar, he promoted them. And when all the other captives were looking at this situation, it sent them a message. <laughs> the first thing it spoke to them is that God is still on the throne. Right now, to people living in hopelessness, to people right now living in captivity, they need to hear that message. God is still on the throne. That wasn't the only message. <laughs> the, the, the second aspect of this message is not only is God still on the throne, but he hasn't abandoned us. People need to know that right now. Families need to know that right now. You need to know that, that God has not abandoned you. God is still on the throne. God has not abandoned us. And the third thing is God is going to fulfill his promises. Oh, God has spoken promises over your life. And you need to know that God is not only on the throne, he's still on the throne. 
God has not abandoned you, but he is going to fulfill his promises. And the fire within you can burn brighter than the fire around you. Uh, Peter, Peter must have been well aware and well acquainted with Daniel. In 1 Peter 4.12, here's what Peter writes. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on to test you as though something strange were happening to you. <laughs> so right now, you can be like, it's a struggle, but it, I'm not surprised. <laughs> we were warned in the world you're going to have tribulation. In the world, you're going to have struggle. In the world, you're going to face fires. But, but guess what? We can be on fire, and we know that God has overcome, and with God, we can overcome anything we're facing. People might look at you and be like, you're crazy. <laughs> Why are you crazy? Because you're on fire, and when you are on fire for God, you keep following God regardless of the feelings within you. There are times I don't feel like keep I don't feel like continuing to stay faithful, but I stay faithful. There are times I don't feel like continuing to follow God, but we keep following regardless of the feelings within us. Not only do we keep following regardless of the feelings within us, but we keep following God regardless of the circumstances around us. You see, some people, you're not always going to feel like following God, but keep following God. There's going to be times where you look at the circumstances and you're going to be like, no, this is too much. I can't do it. Keep following God. <laughs> not only that, keep following God because you're going to have some consequences before you that look severe, but keep following God. You're not crazy. You're committed. Was Peter crazy for stepping out of the boat onto the water for following Jesus? Was David crazy for taking on Goliath? <laughs> Was Joshua crazy for marching around Jericho? Listen, you're not crazy. You're committed. And when you're on fire for God, Listen, your best days are not behind you. Your best days are ahead. And what if we make up in our minds? We're not going to be so focused on putting out all the fires in our life. Got to put out this fire and that fire and this fire. We're going to just be committed. I'm going to live on fire for God. I want you to know I am praying for you and your best days are ahead.